Hello, hello. Yes, welcome to Too Legit to QT with me, Quaya. Today I am so excited because I am with the cast of Shepherds, Erica Barden, Ben Gonzalez, and Chris Mulkey. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you. (laughs) So, like I was saying earlier, I'm kind of having like a fandom moment, everybody out there watching and listening, because I grew up watching Chris Mulkey. I feel like you're everybody's like dad, uncle, slash grandpa. (laughs) Like, even if you don't remember the shows that you were in, like, you know your face because you're basically in everything. You have like over 200 and like, over 200 and I think 61 credits on IMDb. So I just have to put it out there. Yes. (laughs) I just have to put it out there. So it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. (laughs) But also too, Eric. I'm sorry. I've had my coffee. Hang on, I just, one moment. (laughs) You can sip your coffee on the show, Chris. Um, and also to Erica, you and Ben, um, you should be very, very proud of Shepherds. I really enjoyed watching the first episode of the pilot. Um, it's let's just go over the synopsis. So for everybody out there listening, so Shepherds. The synopsis is when de- when dedicated pharmaceutical researcher Madison Shepard gets fired, she launches an underground psychedelic therapy clinic with her terminally ill father um, and uh, and hippie best friend. They open the Shepherd's clinic from the attached garage in their parents' home in Tucson, unbeknownst to her mother, a Republican senator heavily financed by Big Pharma. So. That is very, very loaded. Chris plays Erica's father. Um, Erica, you play the lead Madison. And Ben, you play her hippie best psychedelic, I guess, best friend, Luke. And I really enjoyed it. It's really funny. Um, And Erica, how did you even like come up with this concept? Because it's taking all of these concepts that we've seen before and then putting it all in one. Um, Well, first off, thank you so much, Koya. Thank you for having us here. Uh, You have a wonderful energy and and we're happy to spend the morning with you. I'm like very hot right now in New York. So if I'm like sweating, everybody, like my audience members, they know. But yes, I try to bring the light and the energy to you all. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. I pretty much sweat through every single interview. It doesn't matter what the weather is like. So I'm with you. Thank Um, you. Uh, yeah, so in terms of uh, sort of the inspiration and, and sort of the genesis of this story, um, it, it came from both just a, um, an intense curiosity about psychedelic therapy and then having a personal tie um, with seeing people battle addiction. So actually, um, Ben's, Ben's brother has, has uh, battled an opioid addiction for Still quite some time. And mm. he's, I've, I've had, you know, alcoholics in my family. He's had alcoholics in his family. So there seemed to me there is, you know, there are these sort of raging fires of addiction um, mm. and yet a dearth of exploration into alternative mm. therapy. 
So I just started kind of going down the rabbit hole and that juxtaposition of, of the opioid epidemic just getting so out of control and yeah. then reading about how there was a complete block to research into psychedelic therapy and, and benefits and can range everything from, you know, they say cluster headaches a lot, end of life, um, end of life anxiety, depression, you know, MDMAs looked at, um, uh, there's a lot of uh, ties and benefits they're finding um, for rape survivors, sexual assault survivors. So it just, there's just so much that we don't know. And a large part was because that research was shut down, um, you know, back back in the Nixon days. Mm. So I thought, okay, well, there's something there um, narratively. And what if we, who would be the right person to sort of take us on that, take the audience on that path of, of exploring this, this other world and also exploring the how the world of medicine, the world of healthcare, um, and how particularly our country approaches it. Mm. Uh, oh, interesting if it was a pharmaceutical researcher who, you know, really believed in the science of helping people to find that that world was a was a lot more corrupt um, than she had seen, mm. um, and using a personal, um, you know, a personal motivation of, of her father. Uh, who inspired her to go into science, um, actually using psychedelics to maybe, to literally and, and figuratively open her eyes to something that would have never crossed her mind prior mm -hmm. to her. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, first off, I didn't even know that when I asked that question that it would be that heavily loaded. So um, <laughs> first off, no, but I'm saying thank you for your honesty and transparency. Um, my aunt passed away from cancer, but she too battled an opioid addiction. And so um, regardless of why people find their ways to these things, I think that um, even individuals that do use mushrooms or weed or whatever, any type of drugs, there's oft oftentimes there's something else hidden there's something else hidden underneath and you just never know. It could be for recreational purposes and that's fine. As Tabitha Brown says, that's your business. Um, but also um, you just never know what people are going through. And usually there's more to the story. Um, and so I just think that, that it's beautiful that you took something like life imitates art, that you took something um, that was so close to your hearts and you decided to turn it into this whole world, which was definitely very like interesting and engaging to watch. Um, I wanna talk about the casting process um, because we thought that um, Lauren was going to be here, but we were blessed with Chris and Ben, which is just as equally as great. <laughs> um, and I was gonna say that the casting process, everybody was cast very appropriately. Sometimes when you see, sometimes some TV series that I watch, I'm like, oh, okay, that person did a, did a good job, but uh, I don't know. But the lady that played your, um, your mother, uh, Ben, Chris, you all literally like you inhabited that character so your character so effortlessly um ben can you tell me a little bit about your process for luke because i'm, I'm seeing you here and you and erica your your guys are partners 
Um, and so uh, it probably was a great collaboration because you live together, work together. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And then also you, Chris, as well, you did an amazing job playing the father as well. Uh, for me, we wrote the character close to my personality because I knew that if we're going to put a bunch of different resources into doing this in a, a bunch of time, that I didn't want to try and make it harder on myself to try yeah. and like, be the greatest performance of my life. And I'm like, no, I just got to do a good job, you know? So we wrote it close to ourselves. And then I hesitate saying this because I think his ego has grown so large at this point. But Chris is the reason that you saw me um, give a decent performance because I was so prepared in certain ways mentally to get there and be in the scene. And once I was actually sitting across from Chris and talking to him, everything melted away. And it was it was so much less and more. Like mm -hmm. it was so relaxed yet just with him. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like. So like I said before in other interviews, like this is, it was an immediate in the moment masterclass with Chris. Masterclass, okay, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and how about yeah, you? Wait, wait. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I was saying, and how about how you, about, Chris? Well, um, yeah, I just, Ben and I vibed really well, you know, immediately. It was great. It wasn't really, I don't think it was a master class. It was two guys going, oh, yeah, okay, we're good. Um, <laughs> <pretty much> <laughs> um, but <laughs> the same thing with Eric. I, um, it was just a great uh, group of, uh, of artists coming together to tell this story. And uh, I think that was that was the basis of it. I'm... Mm, did, Erica, did you send me the script? Is, is that what happened? I can't, yeah, we got. Yeah, it's been a minute. We got. Sorry, go. <laughs> I think we're just experiencing some delay. Uh, delay, everybody, just so you know. <laughs> the the these are the um, wonderful opportunities that arise with with Zoom interviews. Yes, um, it's like complete improv. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I I remember Erica. I remember getting the script and reading it, and immediately understanding what it was about and the relationship. It was so well written, mm -hmm. and um, it had pathos, and and then and, and it was funny, and and it was ironic. It was ironic because my wife uh, was. Um, was uh, struggling with cancer at the time, and um, so, and, and we were using um, we were using this kind of therapy for her pain instead of opioids, and so that, that was ironic. And then, so we went and did it, and it was great. And Lauren was a terrific director, and uh, and uh, I loved uh, I loved when you know Ben and Erica are wearing these, you know, kept wearing actor hat. Uh, writer hat, producer hat. Uh, so it was a, it was a pretty lively set. Mm. <laughs> a pretty lively set. Well, that's interesting that you say that, um, Chris, about Ben and Erica, um, because that leads me to my next question. I love how you said that this doesn't have to be an Oscar performance. This just has to get done because often with indie filmmaking, you have like these artists who are trying to showcase themselves in a certain light, maybe they're not really getting the roles that they want, 
or maybe they just want want to produce and write and direct um, or accumulation of both. And you got to just get it done. And sometimes it's difficult to take off that artist hat that says this every piece of work that I that I want to do needs to be so epic. And sometimes you just have to say it just has to get done because there is beauty in simplicity. I'm also an actress, everyone, just so you know. <laughs> and um, I too have, um, I've been, I just uh, did a short and I had to do all these roles and I was like, that's not easy. It's not easy to like drop in and then you have like somebody in the crew asking you a question and you're like, oh wait, I thought I was supposed to be dropped in, but it's also about getting it done because who really cares as long as the take is great? Um, and it's also like a great way to play. How did you all navigate being like writers and producers and also actors in this film? Like, how were you able to take on that hat and and just leave it and just be? That's her. That's so her. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, was I all of those things? Um, well, first of all, it says it on IMBD. It says it on IMBD. No, like, no, it's true, unfortunately. Um, but I have to say, I had an like my writing partner and producing partner is an incredible human being, um, and uh, I'd call her my work wife. Um, yes. And so we really we worked out a lot of the a lot of the planning. Of, of our producerial duties that when we were on set, we tried to, um, when I was in most of my scenes, like she was handling the producing duties um, while we were on set. So a lot of my producing um, energy was happening in pre-production or at the end of the day or scenes that I wasn't in. Cause I, it's, it's interesting. I, when I've talked to, you know, up and coming um, filmmakers that might be getting out of school um, with some of the other work that I do. Um, and, and we talk about this because it, we're in a world of the of multi-hyphenates like that. It, that is so common now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that it's a different part of your brain. Like I think certainly producing and then all of the creating. I just think it's a totally like I'd be interesting to see like a brain scan if you different parts of your brain light up. Right. Um, and that's why we tried to limit, for me, I wanted to limit how much I was actually producing when I was acting in the scene. Mm -hmm. Writing, however, which I do feel like is more in the world of performing. We think acting and writing is so far away from each other, but I actually think that writing is a performance on the page. Mm -hmm. um, and because I, I knew the script so well, I was able to collaborate with Lauren in scenes and say, we don't need, like, we don't need that line. We can rewrite that line. We can we, we have we have that in another scene, and that was really like that was some of my most ex like for me that was some of my most gratifying moments because it was like just absolute collaboration. Mm -hmm. Chris would you know we we would um, have him Im improvise uh, you know here and there that everyone we wanted we wanted it we wanted it to be about the project and and back to your earlier comment about like you know performers wanting an epic performance for everything that they do and all performers us three included of course like are driven to have those memorable that memorable time on screen mm -hmm. but for me uh, a north star if you will is always about like what is what is best for the project mm -hmm. what is best for the scene mm -hmm. what is ultimately going to to like you said to deliver 
um, and, and get it done. And I think that can help. And sometimes I think it can actually help you get out of your head as a performer. I think what also helped a lot was shooting on film and then telling me, you know, you get two or three takes, tops, go. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> we shot on 16, that will, that will definitely um, bring discipline to a set. You just mm. work limited mm. material, so you can't. You only can't. have three takes? Wow, okay. I mean, here's the thing is that sometimes you get a few more, but then you take them from the back end, so. From somebody else. Well, how was that for you, um, Ben and Chris, to know, well, to know that you only had three takes? How were you able to like get it done, not be in your head and just, go well here's the thing yeah, you tell yourself <laughs> i mean first of all act like it's really happening okay that's mm -hmm. so you want to get out of your head act like it's really happening okay mm -hmm. so, bang but i remember when we everyone used to shoot on film what <laughs> <laughs> No, just do it. Let's go do it. It's yeah. Bang. It's good. It's good. You know, it's, yeah. uh, but act like it's really happening. You know, just invest yourself in it, you know, not to get too technical or anything like that. You know, the mushrooms weren't real. None of the psilocybin. <laughs> were Everyone was clean and sober. So, well, moderately clean and sober. Moder <laughs> moderately clean and sober. I don't know how. Clean. Not clean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We slept at that house that we rented, so. Oh, oh okay, okay. Well, not everybody. Not every night. A few of us who had to work early and stuff. Like art department. Me and art department, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that uh, that leads me to my next question. What was your most memorable moment on set or while creating this uh, this pilot for each of you? We can start with maybe Erica and then Ben and then Chris. Oh my God, um, what was my most memorable moment? Um, ooh. I, for some reason, <laughs> I, this is what like popped into, I, I, okay, a couple. One was shooting with, with Garrett in the scene where at the end, um, where Franklin runs out and he's naked. <laughs> I, like, just very comical and like, and also educational because, you know, everyone was so, everyone was so professional. Like there, there's only so much that like you can cover someone up that has to be naked. Like it's yeah. like in a sex scene where like there's things that you can do, mm -hmm. but like, <laughs> you know, there's just only, and I, he's so, he's, I've known him for um, a bit now and he's, he's such a sport and he did such a good job. Um, but I also think that like, how often do you see a man in that position on a set, not very often. You've seen a woman in that position on that set many, many times. So it's just, it was interesting to see to see those dynamics. And I remember our wardrobe was was um, up, the room was like up at, uh, on the second floor of the house. And so he his one was like right below and I was like, I remember being like, oh my God, like don't, make sure you don't look outside, like give, give him some space. <laughs> Um, that, and then honestly, not to, again, not to rain down, you know, compliments onto Chris, but I just think there was like, 
moments like right before we would shoot, like connecting with Chris, um, it it was so wonderful just to have have that experience. And um, he just he does he makes you just feel really like warm. He brings a warmth to the set um, and a liveliness. And uh, yeah, just he's he's a pro, and yet and he's such a pro that he's able just to connect with you. Mm. At, all, at all times, whether it's stressful, whether whether it's like you're hanging out, whether you're waiting for a camera to get set up. And um, I really think he's an advocate for um, a performer and, and their process and, and their, their role. I love that. I love that. Yay. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yay. Ben, how about you? What, what, what was your favorite? Or most memorable moment um, on set or while making this this pilot. Uh, I mean, well, one of my favorite was when um, we were going to shoot the underwater swimming scene and psychedelic, oh. and um, and um, the pool was super 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 cold. And Ben mm -hmm. said, "Well, I'll just do it." And so <laughs> I didn't have to go in the freezing water. I mean, no, it wasn't it wasn't cold. It was freaking freezing. It was freezing. I mean, mm. it was just doing it. And then after that, we did, did all this the psychedelic stuff with the uh, with the oh, that was with the sparklers. And yeah, I that was like cool. that because we about. I was freestyling some story about. I don't even know. <laughs> it was just about fun bears. To up, you know. You were yeah. free. You were talking yeah. about bears. <laughs> yeah. So uh, was I talking about a bear? No. Yeah, bears. You were talking about bears. <laughs> I had to hear the yeah, audio. Bears are good. <laughs> bears are good. Um, yeah, uh, Chris makes it sound like I was like brave or something. I'm like, it's him or I, and he and Eric are like really skinny people. <laughs> I got this layer of warmth on me that I'm going to use to my advantage. Um, I would say that the pool scene was definitely memorable, and then. This is just something that I thought was funny that, that I didn't really know until like day we shot for five days. It was like the third or fourth day where someone came around the house to be like, Ben, we need you now. And I was like, OK, you know, I was like actually napping. And they're like, you know, it's a joke. Like we all talk about it. We can never find you Like no one <laughs> where you are on set. I'm like, really? So. He's like, yeah, dude, we're always in the walk. He'd be like, where's Ben? Where's Ben? So I just thought that was funny. That it went on for so long. And I was like, I didn't even know. It was like the running joke on set. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. So funny. I love that. The first AD's dream is, <laughs> is to never know where the actors that are needed on set are. I know. I probably, probably drove them crazy. I yeah. love the reframe, though. You have the extra layer. I love that positive. <laughs> well, it's funny. I use that about my COVID, like, my COVID weight. <laughs> I, I wanted to... I actually wanted to go in the water because I thought we were at least, I wanted as many people in the water. It ended up being exactly like it was perfect. And there was sort of character nods to the way we landed. But Lauren's like, you're not getting in the water. So I like have to give her a lot of credit for that. She's like, I'm not putting you in the water. That's amazing. I really love that you had a female director. I know there's so many initiatives right now for women to be put in um, it's like the director's chair, the writer's room. And so that was pretty cool. I was like, okay, I, I love it. I love it's like written by a woman, directed by a woman. You know, it's like, 
girl, women power. By, it was shot by a woman, a great DP. Oh, a DP, right, DP. Yes, I saw that on Instagram. And I was like, okay, okay for the ladies, you know? And it's about time and why not? So that's, I think that's the beauty too of more women um, writing and just making more content is that we are able to be put into that position where we can show like, we can do that too. Like, you know, equality for all. <laughs> so I love I love that. I love that. And I also see that you all, you were the official selection of Dances with Films. So congratulations on that uh, for 2021. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you are marketing Shepherds? I know that this is a pilot. Um, hopefully we can see more. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and what audience audience members can look out for? Yeah, um, we, you know, right now it's it's not released publicly because we're still in, in um, conversations um, regarding next steps. Uh, it's definitely, you know, it's a series that um, I, I do think needs a larger platform. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not a web series. It's definitely like a TV show. Yes. And there's some really exciting uh, storylines that we have that we have planned um, for not only this season but multiple seasons. Yeah. Um, so the main the main way to to stay informed is is through our social media um, through Instagram and and, and Facebook. Um, but yeah, the, the plan is to to bring a full a full series to a platform. I love that. And I definitely saw that. I love the graphics in it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, there's just so much there. I mean, the mom alone is like, I was like, what is going on here? I mean, she is cut. <laughs> no. I was like, Okay. And, and the poor dad, like Chris, you're just like, I love you, honey. She just comes into bed. It's like, okay, um, that's fine. Um, but it definitely, like, I think every, every um, character definitely has their own unique story that I was very curious about. And I definitely wanted to know more about. And I a hundred percent agree. I was like, I see this on like the CW or something like that. Um, it's definitely like in that realm. Uh, at least that's what I think. So we're all rooting for you here at Too Legit to QT. Um, and the last question, cause we're coming to an end that I have for each and every one of you is, um, here at Too Legit QT, we are advocates for just creating your own opportunity, staying motivated. Um, this industry, it is not easy. Um, you know, you all have clearly carved out your own path. Um, but for artists out there, um, we just like to motivate them by you speaking your truth and telling your truth. And so the last question that I have, we can go around because it's definitely deep. Um, how do you stay um, motivated, consistent, and persistent in following your dreams? So maybe, let's see, Chris, you can answer that first because Chris, like you're kind of like a legend and you have def, you're not kind of, you're a legend. Um, and you have made a way for yourself <laughs> in this industry. So um, you can answer that first and then we'll go around. Well, I'm, create your own intentionality, you know, create your mm -hmm. own products. Um, you know, that's, that was the, the takeaway. I, when I was a kid, I was at the, I was working, 
on other people's films at the AFI, the American Film Institute. And uh, one day, uh, I, I wasn't a member. I was just hanging out there and learning about filmmaking. And, and Clint Eastwood showed up. And at that time, he was doing the Spaghetti Westerns. And only 10 of the fellows showed up to listen to him in, in this seminar. And, um, and I, nine, actually, because I was the 10th one. I was snuck in. And um, he went around the room and he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, and he says, Chris, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to get over as an actor. That's how I phrased it. And, <laughs> but I'm a writer and a producer as well. And he said, well, go back to Minnesota and, um, and write your script with a partner and then uh, produce it, don't direct it, but star in it. And I said, okay, and thanks. And then oh, instead okay. of saying, yeah, right, right, I, I'll do that. I went back to Minnesota and uh, did exactly that, and we won Sundance that year with that film. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah, create your own intentionality, you know. Just just dive in. There it is. Yeah. He just gave you all, for, for those of you listening, he just gave you a major nugget, and you know that my co-star and I, Tish, <laughs> Uh, my best, she's my best friend and also my co-host, um, Artisha Man Cooper, a.k.a. Tish. We miss you. Um, <laughs> we're always telling everybody, create your own opportunity, create your own opportunity. So it is not just us saying it. Chris Monkey just said it. And he told you how he did it. Like from yeah. Clint Eastwood. So and Clint Eastwood <laughs> said do it too. So there you go. Drop the mic. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris, Bam. for that nugget. Bam. Thank you so much for that nugget. Um, maybe, uh, Ben, you can answer that question next. Uh, for me, the biggest thing is friends. Uh, uh, outside of like one commercial gig, I've basically gotten all of my success through any success I've had through friends, through re referrals, through connections, uh, the support, everything. I mean, just wherever you are, LA, um, New York, wherever, just settle in and make friends and be honest with them so that you can create true friendships. And whether it's them referring you or giving you support, that's like a big part of it. And then, oh, there's one more thing, but I forgot it, so I can't give you that. <laughs> that's okay. Well, maybe when Erica says hers, then you, you might like remember after that. But I did want to comment on that. We are always telling you guys, that you know you need to create your network with people who share your core values and find your tribe so we are not just saying it ben gonzalez said it to there you go drop the mic boom again if we well we picked up another mic then we dropped that one they um find other things to do um if it's not in front of the camera, like, yeah, I only ever want to be in front of the camera always, but I like, I've learned to script supervise, I'll PA if I have to, passenger drive, whatever, anything that you can be around the set so you can meet people and connect mm. will totally help you. The jobs sometimes are fun. Actually, script supervision I've just gotten into about a year and a half ago. I love it. Not as much as acting, but like, it allows me to be on set more often. I, you know, I, I love that. I actually just, I know that we're kind of veering off of this and we are coming to an end, but I recently had a conversation with a friend um, in the industry and I was talking to her about survival jobs and how so many actors have survival jobs that are outside of the in industry. And you kind of really don't realize like when you're waitressing or you're doing something that's outside of the, the industry, you're putting energy into a realm that can't 
give you anything back. And we were talking about putting re kind of like putting that energy back into the industry that you want to be in. And like you said, even though you're not doing directly what you want to do, that energy is recycling and it's, and you're, you're networking and you're building your skills and you're still in the industry and that energy, it's not like it's just, you know, being leaked out somewhere else. So I love that you said that, Ben. I love, love, love that you said that. And I hope you all are listening to that as well. <laughs> as, yeah, as someone who's met George Clooney a number of times, because I was like his bartender over at Soho House. Like, <laughs> okay. I think it would have been much better to have been a PA on a set that he was on rather than to be his bartender because it's still outside the industry. It's like, mm -hmm. he's off He's off the clock. He doesn't want to talk shop. Neither does anybody else go on there, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So there, there you go. I'm not just saying it. I, we don't have a mic, but we'll just like, you know, we'll close the curtain. Cause we dropped it. <laughs> well, we dropped it earlier. Yeah. So now we're picking the mic back up and we're giving it to you. Cause I'm quite sure you're going to drop it, double drop it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I actually think, uh, sort of my answer to that would be sort of a combination of both, um, Chris and, and Ben's answers because uh, number one, in terms of friends um, and support systems, it's it's literally vital. Like I, I, I think like literally, I feel like you're always on the edge of like, oh, can I do this anymore? Can I do this anymore? I feel like that's constant um, sort of recurring narrative. And um, when you have people in your life, like I have this incredible partner in my life that reminds me like well, okay, just tell me what else you would do. And I, and it's, it, and blank comes up. I literally can't, nothing else comes up. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think having, it's just, it's a really, really challenging journey. It's hard. It can be really hard on your heart. It can be hard on your mind. So when you have people um, that you can also give back to when they're having a hard time mm -hmm. to lift them up, I think that's absolutely vital. And then in, in terms of echoing um, Chris's sentiments, I have found that best opportunities that have come my way have have come from things that I have made mm. more than like anything else, more than um, scripts that I have written. And you can argue that that's making something. Um, but when I literally think of, of yeah, the opportunities um, that have made the biggest impact, it has come from actually just jumping off the, the diving board and and diving like and getting really in because then then that's something that's yours. Like that's something that, you know, it's nobody, it's, it's absolutely your voice. Um, it's, it's also something that even though everyone is, is, is making things, um, I, I still think that it's, it's exceptional. It's phenomenal when you see people's work, like you went and you did that, you made that. Um, so I would say, yeah, go out and, and make your stuff, find your tribe, find your support, lend your support. Mm. Um, someone said recently, and it's actually a, um, like a recent student, and I thought it was so profound. He said, this industry takes a lot from you, but it mm -hmm. also gives a lot to you. Yes. And so I think if you're willing to accept that, that journey, um, then just keep at it. I love that. Um, I actually had an artist friend call me a few days ago saying that she was going to just give up give up acting. She said, I just want to give up. And she was like, this has kind of been a reoccurring theme in the past couple of years. I just want to give up. And so hearing your words, your words of wisdom, your words of encouragement will 
definitely help somebody out there who's listening or who's watching. So thank you so much, Erica, for that. Thank you all so much for talking to me today. This was so much fun. And um, literally, like, I just know people are going, this is like your own masterclass, only it was like the Chris, Erica, and Ben masterclass. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, everybody. Um, Exactly. What did you say? What did you say, Chris? I think he's uh, breaking up a little. It was like that's a good phrase to freeze on, though. Oh, I just <laughs> said um, I just. I can't. That's a good one too. That's a good yeah. one. You're, you're stopping on headshots. No. <laughs> I know it's like. Wait, try it now. Yeah. Try now, Chris. I was just going to say it boils down to creating your own uh, um, your own narrative. You know, you're thinking about should I give up? Should I, should I just create your own narrative in your head about who you are? You know, mm. what you want to be, and then live that out. And don't compare it to anybody else. Just create your own your own movie. Bang. I love that. I love that. I mean, now we're just like setting off like, you know, firecrackers now. So it's like the mic is gone. <laughs> I love that. I love, I can't do that properly, but I love that. It took me a while. Huh? It took me a while. Yeah. Like it's, you have to be hand-eye coordinated, which I'm not. And so I feel like, I, yeah, like I, I want to do it on point, but it's always a little off. So he's, <laughs> Chris is a dad who dabs. Dabbing dad. He's a dad who dabs, a dabbing dad. I love that. Yeah. Well, every well, everybody, you know where to find us every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard, and we got it 7 p.m. Uh, Central, I believe. Yes. Um, thank you so much for all of your love and support. Um, thank you, Erica. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Chris, so much. Um, please stay on after our outro just so I can uh, just say thank you once again. And yeah, everybody, um, it's been real. Thank you. Thank you so much, Koya. This has been wonderful. Thank you. thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. And...